So, welcome back to another episode of the Lookout Podcast. Uh, appreciate you joining me because this is a special podcast. Uh, we're doing a Christmas special podcast with my older brother here, Caleb Bear. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, I kind of a short notice too, man. Got my first pipe that I guess I bought. You gave me my first pipe being a tavern pipe. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Tavern pipe is a little tricky for this episode. I'll be out here in your <laughs> grill. <laughs> yeah, we can share it. Yeah, that's right. That's what they were meant for. Yeah, it's true, right? That's in the uh, the origin. Big old clay pipe. For people who don't know, it's uh, white and made out of clay. And I mean, I think it's like long your forearm, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. There's a couple of ideas that taverns had them in order for their patrons to have a little bit, a little bit of tobacco. It's like a nice gift to give, uh, you know, at the tavern after their meal. Give them a little tobacco. The bowls are real small. Tobacco is a rarity, and it was a really nice thing to have and then those pipes would stay in the tavern sometimes with your name on them uh other times they were shared and they since they were so long they'd break the tip off for uh sort of old school sanitation so uh you got a fresh pipe each time yeah that's pretty nice and for people can kind of see it if they are familiar with john wayne the movie the quiet man i think is pictured towards the beginning when they first walk in the tavern i believe above the fireplace yeah that's right good call yeah very good There's a little little background. A little background, yeah. So we're doing a Christmas special here. So, uh, you know, I, I like to do, try to do things more like the old school wave, uh, you know, like, um, I guess, like entertainment, you know, like old school, especially like back in the day, it'd be like Bing Crosby, Bing Crosby, uh, Fred Astaire, and all those. Uh, what was it? Uh, Rosemary Clooney, right? I think was the one in uh, White Christmas. Boy, you, you got me. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Rosemary Clooney. I know it's Clooney, but I'm, I'm hopefully I'm not butchering her first name. I believe it's Rosemary, but... Um, she was in White Christmas with Bing. She was like uh, his love interest in the movie, and gotcha. her and her sister were the singers in the White Christmas. Yep, just watched it the other night. Yeah, yeah so good, yeah. man. And you know, like I was thinking about the pipe because like there's one part where the general or Bing Crosby rolls in in the general's jeep, and uh, he's got his pipe in his mouth, and he's like talking about like, you know the general's like oh, I can't you know I, you know my, uh, I can't read it on my reading glasses and and Bing's like yeah I'm starting to play the trombone a little bit myself yeah <laughs> he's like got the got the holding letter it holding it out there yeah yeah it's yeah, pretty funny part but excellent part yeah, so how do we load this sucker just oh so there's a well we'll probably have to have an episode about this because I could I could give you quite a tutorial but it's called the three pinch method you fill up the bowl loosely just super loose just like you're throwing it down into the bowl until it gets to the top and then you pack it down with the tamper it's the most important pipe smokers tool pipe tamper mm. oh, yeah. so put the first pinch in the uh the, some people call it the three pinch method other people call it the child's hand the mother's hand and the father's hand because mm. uh, each time you pack it down i should pack, I should pack this in no just no, let it one. fill it up to the bowl and then pack it down lightly and then you draw on the end of the pipe, make sure it's not completely clamped off. It shouldn't be like drawing on a collapsed straw. It should the air should move through it pretty good. I think my pipe might be a two pinch pipe. It no, uh, <laughs> just make it, make it light and then I just gotta, pack it. Mini one. <laughs> now pack it down with that right now. Ready? Right now? Yeah, right now. Before I put the other one in. That's right. right. So you, you do the first pinch. You just you're getting it to the top of the bowl, then you pack it down to the bottom, nice and lightly. Light liver right now? Yep, all the way. Try to get it down there. Pretty good. Pretty light, though. Man, yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of room in there. Yep, so draw on it now. In the end. Yep, sounds like it's moving air just fine. So yeah, it should be. It a little bit. Yeah, if you're tasting it, you should probably pack it down a little bit more because it's drawing tobacco oh. in through the stem. Yeah. And then uh, kind of the 
flavor of this tobacco goes back to our great-grandfather, um, who had a boys club called Bucky's Boys Club north of Chicago, and uh, he was a big pipe smoker, and so from our youth, that was uh, all, all our holidays, and just a lot of our youth was, was uh, a lot of pipe tobacco smoke, and especially this kind of cherry flavor. Yeah, man, can smell it right now. Uh, what you smell when somebody else is smoking the pipe is called the room note, and... Uh, that's what our great-grandfather smelled like was cherry tobacco. So if we were in, you know, back in the 80s, if we were in a shop or the grocery store and somebody smelled like that, I'd turn, look at our mom and be like, oh, Gramps is here. That's what we called our great-grandfather. And I'd be like, oh, yep, Gramps is here. And she'd just laugh because he wasn't there. Yep, look, looking good. Drawing it still, yep. Pack it down a little bit firmer. So firmer each time in progression. And then... uh once you get to the third pinch, you got her. That was the third pinch there? Yep, that's okay. perfect. That's fine. Sweet. Yep, there's a break-in period. We, we could go through. There's all kinds of pipe etiquette. It's really good stuff, actually. Old history, you know, historical. Yeah, and it's, it's social thing, a social thing, too, right? I mean, that's like I had that cigar with uh, old Buck Lunick when he was on the podcast. And um, and then, you know, another tobacco for, for this podcast, especially being a, or, you know, pipe, tobacco pipe, especially being a holiday kind of deal there. Yeah, the Brotherhood of the Leaf brings people yeah, together. Yeah, it's part of the part of the tradition of tobacco, all the way back, back to where it came from in North American native times. Yeah, absolutely. And us, you know, being part native ourselves, so kind of bringing it back that way a little bit too. You know, to our uh, roots, as it were. Yep. Um, and then speaking of tradition, talking about the holiday tradition, you know, we're here right before Christmas. It's kind of a rust episode. I appreciate you coming on because it's short notice, and I was yeah. planning on doing something. I was going to try to do something in a, in a lookout, but, uh, you know, life and stuff started all piling up, and, man, time really flies as you're getting older. As, as people probably know who listen or when people get it closer to, especially your 30s. I remember Bronson's dad, Carl, telling me the 30s, his 30s were the fastest times of his life, like, time-wise, you know, like, yeah. one, one buying a blink, and... uh I'm feeling it. <laughs> yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. No doubt. Yeah. I'm about to hit the 4-0 in February, and no doubt it went by on a blur, man. Oh, man. So fat. You do so much, and that's what Carl said. He said he did more in his 30s than he did in his whole entire life, he felt like. Yeah. That sounds like the wisdom right there. Uh, Absolutely. A little side, shoot, a little side shooter. Look at that. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's That's a pipe lighter built specifically for what you're doing right now. Kind of long, long, slow draws or what? Mm-hmm. Circle the bowl. Long, slow draws. There you go. Yeah. No inhalation. You're not inhaling pipe tobacco ever. Yeah, so a little healthier practice that way, right? Mm-hmm. Tamp it down right after you light. So what you did just right now, little interesting tidbit, that's called the charring light. That's why it went out. Mm. So you want to tamp it. So all you're doing is just tempering the tobacco, getting it ready to go. You pack it down one more time. And you're creating what's called a button. The button is the, uh, it'd be like the cherry on the end of a cigar. You're getting... A burning coal in a little, you know, little coin-shaped cylinder that's going to move down the bowl, yeah. and the uh, the packing moves that that little button down the bowl. So that's why the pipe tamper is the most important tool that you got outside your lighter, because that's what keeps the button going down the bowl of your pipe. So if the smoke starts to thin out, if you feel like you're not getting much of a a draw of smoke out of it you use your tamper draw on at the same time and you get more smoke well it seems, yeah, it seems to be going all right mm-hmm. nope. probably gotta put a little more fire on the sucker probably yeah yeah give her give her a little heat already and then uh yeah coming back to the holiday thing just like 
Um, most folks are familiar with the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, the Peanuts. And uh, that was something we watched a ton because you know, our whole family, especially the mom's side, was really into the Charlie Brown, yeah. um, you know, cartoons and, and everything really about it, you know, and especially your Uncle Scott. So that was always a big staple in our household. And, and even at a young age, uh, when he's talking about the commercialism, you know, like I think he runs first into Snoopy, who's <laughs> trying to win the contest, you know, to get money. Right. And then his little sister who wants him to write a letter to Santa and she's talking about 10s and 20s or something like that. And then he goes to get a Christmas tree, and it's just all this big, like, spotlights and events and fake trees and stuff, and, they, you know, over going a little overboard on the commercialization and just, like, right. uh, and, the, you know, they're blowing it up on the on the cartoon, you know. But, you know, going back to more the, uh, I don't know, the family nature and the, the gathering part and kind of more the origin of, of the holidays, you know. Yeah, it goes, it goes, uh, goes deeper than deep for human civilization all the way back to the time when you know uh the druid people the ancient people they were uh legitimately worried that the sun would get far far enough down that it wouldn't return because it was getting darker and darker all the way till the winter solstice which is on the 21st and so for millennia tribes human beings we've all had traditional times where we come together and uh, have storytelling times, have gatherings, uh, you're sharing food, because food isn't as plentiful, especially in the northern latitudes. Um, and then the, they deal with the light. Um, they, you know, they legitimately thought the light was going to go, so they were celebrating the light coming back. And that's that's where it all folds in together at this time of year. So no matter what traditions you have, what beliefs you have, uh, it's still deep within your soul to celebrate the turning of the poles and the solstice and the coming back of the sun, the coming back of the light. That's where it's really positive. And it's hard. You're not getting as much vitamin D right now. Yeah. You're, you're, people definitely feel depression these times of year. So you, you have to find outlets. And that's where gatherings, holding traditions really helps. I mean, it's that's the way we've had to do it as a tribe yeah. since the beginning. Well, yeah, and I think most of the gatherings, especially even as, us as kids going over, you know, other people's houses and, you know, food and things that are getting brought along and typically like, you know, the potlucks and stuff coming from small towns, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. those are the big things, you know, these community events and, and the whole town shows up for like basketball games and stuff, you know, to, to bring the community together, whether you have kids involved or not, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Basketball. That's a great point too. Like the small communities in, in Montana, basketball is you know, an indoor gathering of your whole tribe of people and you're supporting your tribe, your group of people against the other tribe. And yeah. it's makes it's uh it satisfies deep rooted parts of our DNA. And it, it, if you think about it just from a chemical standpoint, your endorphins are going, it's uh, it's like being, you know, being more exposed to the sunlight that we need, you know, yeah. it's sort of a synthetic way of doing that, you know, but not, it's, it's part of our DNA, it's our tradition, you know? Yeah, totally. And a way to check in on each other, you know, cause that was like the thing too, you know, pre phones and stuff, you know, you'd, you'd, you had to go see people and check in and especially on community gatherings, you know, like, Hey, how's things? How are, how are you? How, you know? And, I think there's something there somewhere in the back of your brain too, especially your own tribe. You're always like kind of, you got that worry going on, even if it's on the back of your brain, even if it's on the front, you're still like, yeah. So that's why it feels so good. I think part of it, you know, is when you leave a group, you're like, oh man, all right, it's great to see them, man. They're doing great, you know? Yeah, the physical separation and then coming back together. It's a really valid point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. And then, you know, kind of part of, you're talking about the solstice stuff, you know, like we're in a, the darkest days, you know, of, of the winter here, you know, creeping up on until winter solstice, right? 
Right. And then, uh, you know, in the tribal times, especially I think, you know, like the Irish folks, like the Celtic and Druid folks, where they're watching the sun, like, deeper in the horizon, you know, like in the southern horizon, like further away from, you know, as the days go on. And they're, they're, I feel like they're paying a lot more attention to those things, you know. Yeah, that's something, boy, in our modern world, we don't have to worry. We don't even think about it hardly much anymore. People don't, people don't hardly look and see where the sun comes up and where it sets anymore, to be honest. Yeah. Or how you orient your house. You know, I, I wanted to orient my house so that the sun would provide warmth for my home in the wintertime. And I had exposure to the sun for some free heat and also for that, you know, uh, free mood enhancing light. <laughs> Beautiful you know? vitamin D. Yeah. yeah. I know I was kind of more aware of it. I think when you get a house, you know, especially if you're in the garden and, and more aware of like the heating aspect of your house, because, you know, in the summer, you you want the cooling aspects. You think about the shades you have drawn in the, in the summer and then the winter, like with me in the garden, it's like, where, where are my vegetables going to get the most sunlight, you know? Yeah. Oh, in the winter, you'll dang sure know if your driveway's in the wrong spot, because if it's in the shadow of your garage, that ice isn't going to go for the majority of the winter. That's going to be the hardest part to clear out for you. So, yeah, absolutely. I got some, got some dark spots mm-hmm. that, I, that we have to deal with all the time. Last one, it was so, man, we had uh, a real long spell of no sunlight, and, uh, man, we had some thick ice that even the, you know, I bags of salt that weren't really cutting it yeah no right exactly yeah so all part of it whether you think you're paying attention to the sun or not you you probably should and you probably are you just don't even think about it you know yeah yeah absolutely and i forgot to point this out in the beginning but got this lovely ornament from my friends at idaho fire lookouts billy and kit and cat and uh had a had lunch in the day great folks and hand delivered that sucker for me and you know for a good cause to help uh support uh, lookout Mountain Lookout, because I guess the cab's already being rebuilt. They're waiting to get some paint on it and try to get a helicopter ride back up to the top of the mountain. So they're helping raise funds and, and figure out where they can put the funds to help get that accomplished, you know, save as many lookouts as we can because they're uh, they're falling apart. They're pretty old. Some are tickling 100 years old. So um, And as anyone knows who's ever stayed in the lookout, I mean, they're amazing places on top of the world, literally, and there's no other experience like it. Right. So if we can save more of those, that's a good cause. That's a cool-looking uh, ornament. So if you guys are looking to fill the tree kind of late in the year for it because we're tickling Christmas. But, yeah, so there it is. So I guess, that, like, what, what Christmas kind of means to me, and um, and I remember even, like, feeling this at a younger age, too, is, like, not really, like, wanting the gifts, you know, because especially, that, you know, coming with our family who you could tell – we were like dirt floor poor, but you could tell that like money was tighter. So you're like, ah, I don't really need the gifts, you know, like it's just nice getting everybody together and having some good food, you know? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that. so what, what Charlie Brown was talking about, uh, Charlie Schultz, you know, that guy, he had a lot of wisdom and that, that movie, it uh, definitely, I think it rings true in a lot of ways. And like you really alluded to, that it's heavily built upon the commercializing of the holiday and he's inundated with all these stressors all this money money all these things like you said all the fake trees and stuff he finally goes and gets a an actual tree it's tiny yeah gets back to the christmas play and everyone makes fun fun of him you know and he he pretty much loses it and he's at the worst most stressful point of his life right there and he is like can anybody actually tell me what Christmas is actually about? And that's where, you know, Linus chimes in. And for me as a kiddle, like really young, it was like the most wonderful point of that movie where it's like everything is heightened and stressed out. And then there's a pause in the movie 
and there's an explanation of what Christmas is about. The lights hit Linus. Yeah, you asked for it. Yeah, lights, lights please. please. And if you don't, you know, a lot of people, I think, uh, really appreciate that part. It's it's a special part of that movie. And it's it's the turning point, right? That that turns, he understands the true meaning. Everybody, then, their all their attitudes change. They build the tree up together. They're giving one another something to build something bigger. And then they celebrate at the end. And I, I, it's very poignant. I, I think you could get as deep as you want with it. Yeah. But I think the simple fact is people coming together, the true meaning of Christmas. Um, like you said, the gathering and the food and the sharing of those items, I think, are more important than any monetary thing, any, you know, any material. Yeah. That, yeah, I I totally agree, you know, like whatever gets the family together, you know, like and gets people together, um, especially in those darker days. And I mean, the Grinch too, like, uh, you know, another, I mean, yeah, those like kid, kid uh, stories, but they're what we grew up with, you know, and, um, you know, Dr. Seuss was on something there when, you yeah. know, the Grinch steals everything yeah. and they don't even have a tree and they're still gathering in the square where the tree was or the tree, you know, should have been. And that same kind of deals in the charlie brown christmas you know yeah. gathering up still singing still enjoying the day and celebrating it without all the all the things yeah right? same materialism you know yeah. same deal uh same wisdom yeah. it shows and i think I, that's the beauty of uh watching those movies and having family traditions is the reminder like it's not all about material stuff it's not about money whatever it's about getting together doing yeah. something for someone else that maybe doesn't even involve an item a gift maybe even not recognition you know doing something to help somebody out maybe they don't even know you've done it yeah. kind of deal too that's kind of nice to think about as well you know so i i think like you said dr seuss uh charlie schultz so they they were men of extreme wisdom and they they definitely uh played that out within their stories for people to see, especially as a kid, very impressionable. The Grinch takes every material thing out of the whole <laughs> yeah. town, well, every, every, every bit of it, yeah. and they're still celebrating the next day. He couldn't take the celebration away. Yeah. So, And then he realizes it, and then he about wrecks it all. and <laughs> grows, the cliff. Yeah, grows a heart three times, ten times, whatever. Ten times, yeah, plus one or something <laughs> yeah. like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, lifts the whole sl uh, sleigh up, turns it around, brings it all back into town. Yeah, man, yeah, great stories, man. I think, you know, important to, to keep that message going with the giving. I mean, that's part of when to bring you in here, and I'm glad you volunteered for it to to share the story, man. And, like uh, like I said, referring to, like, being Crosby and – I say it was Rosemary Clooney. God dang, what you can remember. But Danny Kaye was in White Christmas, and um, you know, just the those kind of deals where, like, if you're in the the uh, entertainment kind of business, which is like you know, podcasting and everything, you know, it's a uh, it, I don't know, you get to kind of help share the the joy of the year with with your listeners and and with your your fans, like in Bing Crosby's case, you know. Yeah, celebrating and it. Celebrating it, yeah. yeah celebrating the fans, celebrating his life. Yeah. Yeah, and, and keeping a good message going of, like, we're all in this together, you know, and, like, yep. you know, with the the fire community, you know, we're one big yet small-feeling family. It's the weirdest thing because it's, like, I think I looked up one day, it's over 10,000 just for service alone, and let alone, like, every state has their own fire crew, you know, DNRC from Montana, and it's, like, yeah. Idaho, uh, I think Idaho has, like, a different name. I'm blanking on it right now, but the BLM, Bureau of Land Management, and then CAL FIRE, but we're... So it's like 10,000 is just like part of that big, bigger group. But then you get all these fire folks together, like, you know, fundraiser coming up is fire on ice, you know, forest service versus the city fire department, you know, and yeah, yeah another really good gathering um, spot. So, 
yeah you know like just keeping the keeping the tribe going you know like yeah. i said man and then um giving people something to look forward to and hopefully like a christmas special like this and then other things like the forester's balls coming up in the beginning of february yeah uh, the Fire and Ice tournament for hockey's on February 10th. I'm gonna do an interview again with uh, CJ, I believe, and, and Clint to uh, advertise that. And then the Putt and Pull uh, is in March, I believe. So, got a few events to come in, so people pencil those in their yeah. calendars. You know, stay active, yeah. stay, stay involved. You know, it's like one of the bigger things I know that helps me is just like yeah, holding up. I don't think helps anybody. You know. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, you're not. Uh, that's part. I think we we're kind of hinting at like our our human makeup. And we're social animals, you know. Mm-hmm. We're we're definitely tribal people. We're herd, we're herd beings. There's no doubt. And you thrive better w- being around that group of people. You know, the people that are like-minded, whatever, do the same things you do, um, enjoy certain activities. You know, whatever. And uh, you're obviously going to uh, prosper better with those people in your corner too. It's a lot harder to get something done completely by yourself than with your whole tribe. You know, you get everybody together, you're going to accomplish more. There's going to be way more creativity. Yeah. Like people bounce and it, all it takes is one brainstorming session and you realize, holy cow, uh, it is so much better when we're bringing different angles. And then all of a sudden the product is that much bigger because yeah. you, you've brought in so many different ideas and all, all it takes is one little spark and then boom, everybody's got an idea yeah. and it's always going to be a different angle than yours. And once you take your own ego out of that, you realize, whoa, like my angle isn't maybe the entirely the best angle or it initiated the trajectory and then everybody else's idea really added to that. Yeah. Know? Yeah, it's, totally. It's freaking it's beautiful. Oh, it's awesome. Like I said, taking the ego out and everything. I, like I said earlier, you know, the, I had lunch with the Idaho Fire Lookout folks, and um, it's only the second time hanging out with them. We hung out the uh, Forest Fire Lookout Association uh, meeting we had this, uh, or they had this summer, and they invited me to come talk and hang, and man, it was great. Uh, great to meet those folks, and I've met them for the first time, and a bunch of other nice. enthusiasts about lookouts, and like you said, and I, I even got some ideas, and that was just brief, and I was more focused on talking, so really it's focused on like you know picking the brain of other people you know right. and, and chopping it up but today it was cool because i didn't expect much you know i just went to go have lunch uh with those guys and then we start kind of just throwing around a few little ideas more like in passing like oh yeah you know actually you know like we talked about doing a book club because uh cat had um a bunch of books she was like recommended me and then we we're talking about the great burn i'm like oh man you're actually the second person this week that's recommended the great burn to me yeah. i'm like i really got to read that book yeah so i'm gonna order that <laughs> some of that too right yeah so it's like <laughs> So Kat was talking about another book and I was like, you know, we need a book club. And she's like, yeah, let's do it. You know, so nice. nice. Yeah. Like she's, she's got a big library, so she's going to kind of spearhead it, I think. And nice. Billy, you know, is, you know, her kind of counterpart there in the Idaho fire lookout yeah. group. And so yeah, we'll, we'll get together and get something cool. And we're going to maybe yeah. run on this podcast and start talking about the books and then dude. Yeah. Yeah. And then do a, do her like a breeze over on the book after, you know, we give folks a, you know, like a few weeks to read them or whatever. And then right. tie back in and talk about sure whatever book it is, you know, that's and it's bringing everybody together right there too. That's true. Knowledge yeah. sharing that's and then everybody's yeah. interpretation is different on the book. That's the beauty of it, man. Like yeah, everybody's, you read the word and you, your, your interpretation, the voice, you know, you always have a narrator. <laughs> it seems like it, I do yeah. in my head as I'm reading the book, everybody's narrator is different too. That's yeah. so good too. It is. Yeah. Like, and like to get the ego out of it. You know, when I first started the podcast, um, part of the reason why I was calling it the lookout podcast, cause I thought it was more like broad stroke versus, uh, like smoke jumper podcast or, you know, firefighter podcast or whatever, you know, it was more of my background, you know, it was, you know, 16 16 years 16 plus years i think of fighting fire 
you know? So it's like, but I didn't want it to be so one dimensional and I was really interested in lookouts and, and the preservation of them. Cause we lost one in, on the B D during like my first couple of years there, Jack Mountain went away. I don't really know what happened to it. Hopefully it got saved somewhere, but yeah. seeing that sucker go away and like kind of sparked the interest in me then. I was like, Whoa, you know, cause most, a lot of things in the forest service seemed like they weren't going away. Like they'd been there forever. And then right. seeing that happen, I was like, Oh yeah, no. Permanent structures. Yeah. yeah. Like you would think would never go, you know, well, how long was the Ambrose point there? Yeah, still there. You just can't see it. Yeah, poor guy's laying down. Yeah. I mean, it's there. You can yeah. go find it. Yeah, I went and found it cool. with my little boy. It was a great little trip and a world-class bull rider, actually, on a random, total spur-of-the-moment trip with the Jeep. Just walked up to the point. It was yeah. cool. It was cool to see it. It was cool, yeah. And you can't, Yeah, I mean, you kind of got to know a decent area of where you're looking and have a good idea of what, where a lookout might be. We were talking about that today with, like, Billy and Cat. Like, yeah. There's some spots where they go in the woods where they know it's in the area. They don't know exactly where, so they got to kind of figure, like, where would I put one? And he was talking, he had a story where he standing right underneath one, but he's looking at this other tree, and then Cat, like, yelled, like, oh, there it is, and scared, scared the, you know, the, the jeans off him almost because yeah. they saw, some, like, a bunch of wolf sign coming in, so they're like, oh. Yeah, on edge. Gave him a heart attack, yeah. <laughs> that's he, awesome. He's right, right below it, you know. Yeah. So well, it's easy to pass him up. Dang right. That's why the Ambrose one is. I was going to say, yeah. it, Like, you, you got to be on top of it to find it because it's plumb laying down that's part of the fun too is yeah, finding and it you, and if you know what you're looking for you're just playing yeah. it's a weird stack of sticks <laughs> yeah <laughs> i happen to see one standing log it looked like a broke off tree but at the same time it, i'm like man i gotta walk over there and the other fellow with us he's like you sure i'm like well it's worth walking over there we, we've gone to the highest point we've gone around to open areas it's got to be in here somewhere we're, yeah. we're right on top of it and with, with the help of like onyx off-road that kind of deal you know it's helping us find it but yeah it's sure, a great tool oh man and sure enough and that's the whole reason we were looking for it because it came up on the map we just happened to be driving by it yeah. and i know because of your podcast i'm like oh man lookouts are a cool thing he had no idea he's, he's from the dakotas so he'd not been out in the mountains or anything so it blew his his little guard to go up there yeah great guy up yeah, for anything so he was like cool. yeah let's go yeah. so we went for a rip my boy six years old walked up there barefoot up and down he doesn't like shoes so that's his deal yeah i don't really like shoes either but it's for that his, hike i won't be <laughs> i would be definitely wearing them that's his meditation man it's yeah. his journey to get out there and you know get in touch with earth a little bit of it's, grounding yeah a little grounding yeah i, I dig it I like it, mm-hmm. just not that much. No, yeah, not as much. Oh, you know, I barefoot around the house and stuff, and wince when I get on a sharp blade of grass. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I got wimpy feet. Oh man, it's so soft. Catch a Lego in the middle of the night or a rubber dinosaur. Oh man, yeah, I'll make you rethink some things in life. You know, like not having slippers. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, man, that uh, like you said, these groups, man, they're they're big. You know, like uh, and just that alone was originally like part of the thing. Me and you had talked about it before. I think I even got the first episode launched and was just like doing something like that was like, it's kind of off. I didn't even notice it. Um, was part of the, uh, part of the podcast and was getting folks interested in, in, uh, you know, going and checking out these sites. Cause like you said, you can find them on X has a lot of them on their, on yeah. their maps and go online. You can see pictures of what they used to look like places. I didn't realize places were just camps at one point. Yeah. Just tent camps. Yeah. Just a little tent camp. That was the lookout. Yeah. That blew my guard. With a po- portable alligator firefinder. They put, usually they cut off a tree, tall tree that was like, you know, some little bit over waist high or maybe closer to, yeah, a little between west and waist and chest, you know, cause you don't want to be like totally killing your back looking over the alligator, which is a firefinder. And it's this, you know, map on a turntable. And it's got a sight so you can lock in a fire and, and be 
pretty damn accurate of like how close it is within like I think a couple yards. You know, I think they're that accurate. <laughs> That's pr- for a rudimentary device that is outstanding. Yeah, and it is, man. It's so cool, man. The Osborne Firefinder or LED, I think is the look that up, names. folks. Yeah, if you want to check it out, yeah. it's cool. And a lot of a lot of old lookouts that you can rent still have them in there. But they had like a smaller one, smaller one you can like for those tent camps and. Damn, those guys were so badass, man. Like, there's a few gals doing it back then, too, which is super cool. But they would usually, like, sometimes they do it in a pair, especially if it was, like, husband-wife. And, like, she'd spot the fire, hold down the lookout, and then he'd go put it out. And then, or some, if it was only by himself, you know, which a lot of the time was the case, there's even a movie about it. Dude would go <laughs> roll out, and well, actually, actually his family was, was living at the lookout with him. And this cool, it's like... And there goes Ranger John or something like that. And he, wife kisses him goodbye, and he goes, to, and it's like a blaze that he's battling his jeans and like a button-up uh, t-shirt or something. And this is know? like one of these old, like black and white, black and white newsreel yeah. type yeah. films. Yep, yeah, yeah. Like you would see World War Two. Exactly. Holy. Yeah, old school. With the high yeah. pitch announcer. Yeah, that's great. And then here goes John, and he gets around the fire, and you know has to stay on it for a while, make sure it's out, and hikes back to the family, waits for the other one or another one or something. It's yeah, it's great. I wish I could remember the name of that film. Well, it's got to be on the YouTube somewhere. Mm-hmm. Be able to find it. That's outstanding. Yeah, I mean, there's probably not that many films out there. You can probably just, like I said, just Google or YouTube. You know, old lookout film. Yeah, it'll probably come up. But yeah, it was, it was great, man. And, but yeah, like, so kind of to your point there about like building your tribe and just finding more people and not having the ego, you know, like when I first started this thing, I didn't know because I didn't, I didn't have any social media at that point in my life. I got away from all that stuff and wasn't really doing any research on it. I've just like had some downtime and for my tumor and I was always interested in doing a podcast and I told the story a bunch, but I was up at Tan, up in Willow with Tanner and he had all that recording equipment and I was like, man, this would be a great spot. And then that's how I came up with the name. Didn't know any other podcasts existed. I didn't even know about Anchor Point Podcast, which has been around for a little while now. It's a really big podcast now for fire folks. Guy does a great job. And um, but I was like, oh well, shoot, might as well you know throw another one in the mix. And yeah, then come to find out, there's quite a few like similar podcasts out there, just like the Idaho Fire Lookouts. They're not really podcasts; they do interviews, but they have like they post a bunch of cool stories and stuff about going and looking for lookouts, which is. What I originally talked about doing was like using an excuse to take the family up and and do a family adventure, you know, especially up yeah. to West Fork. There's you know quite a few out there, and yeah. ton in Idaho, man. It's, it'll surprise you. I mean, there's there's some out there, and here's a cool one out in like Vermont or New Jersey. Like there's like oh, yeah. one that looks like a castle somewhere out in like Delaware or something. I can't remember where it is, but is that right? Yeah, it's really yeah, they're, cool. They're like, everywhere. It doesn't matter like the Dakotas, whatever. They're, Georgia. Yeah, there there's lookouts. Yeah. In every every state across our whole yeah yeah pretty much the whole little, North America little tin can towers are like way up there but this little tin can oh, man it'd be hot days if you had to be up there oh, oh. gnarly in those storms when they come rolling up over the top of the mountain wind shearing and you know pressure systems being squeezed out by the mountain oh, that's, yeah. oh that'd be heavy especially up in St Mary's Get, that, that one gets hammered by wind sheared off there yell yeah, the the blowdowns and the microbursts that are in this region oh man I wouldn't like rattling around up in there no you think that'd be a high severity spot for microbursts like you said you get the the wind coming out of the west shearing off and if you depends on if you're diurnal wind I can't remember what it is at the end of the, end of the day the heat's going up I think I'm trying to go Heat's rushing down. No, heat's going up. Yeah, in the beginning of the day, heat. At the end of the day, heat's going down, or the wind's going down. You know, wind's going up in the beginning of the heat of the day. Let me explain that like crap. But <laughs> so, like, when you have that rise, thermals, yeah. thermals, yeah, and then you have that wind coming off you know, this year. I mean, that's got to cause some kind of downdraft. That's pretty heavy, whether it be a microburst or just a nasty downdraft. Because that's what we had to worry about with uh, smoke jump was getting the lee side. 
oh, over, right. over Ridge because that's usually where you're going to find your down there. And sending you down in a hurry. Yeah, if you guys got slammed in. And Lose all your lift. Well, yeah, game over. Broke ankles, broke backs. Yeah. Hips, femurs. Like that, that's when the bad stuff happens. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had this old boy warn me. His name's John Spencer. Um, he's a teacher and a, and, and a smoke jumper, and he'd been doing it for a while. And when I first met him, and he's like, yeah, it's broke both ankles and I think he broke his hip or something like you know laundry list of accidents and I'm like I haven't had a fire jump when I first met this guy but he gave me the warning of like when you get up air there's always down air so stay in the up air until you can kind of like edge your way off of it because a lot of guys will try to fly away from it and then you find your down air and then you you don't have enough time to do anything because you don't have enough air to really do anything yeah so you just get hammered down use your elevation yeah use it so I got some up air right after that conversation pretty much and uh was in California and I was like you, you jump I jumped out of the doorknob or dornier the you know the, the little goofy looking I guess French plane <laughs> and uh beautiful yeah got a goofy little door in it and the thing thing cruises but uh yeah I, I bailed out of it and then I could see my my rookie bro in the door waiting for me and I caught up there and I was like eye level with the plane for a long time because <laughs> <laughs> I just was like riding it out I was like well here I am and then finally I kind of went to the edge of it and like slowly went down because I stayed pointed into the up air and, and just kind of worked my way off the... Like stepping down a ladder. Yeah. That's pretty cool th- to visualize it. You, you don't see it, but that's what you're literally in a column of air. Yeah, a column, exactly. And you have to work your way off of the edge of it. Yeah. yeah and huh. Without, cause, Wouldn't have never thought about it that way. Yeah, because you get that column going up and you get another column going down somewhere in the area. <laughs> really right. close. Yeah. So, yeah, I just kind of stayed pointed into where, where I was... Where I wasn't getting it because I didn't have it at first, and then like a little bit of breeze pushed me back into that up air, and then I went up like an elevator. So like I was trying to work my way back to where I knew what, I knew there wasn't down air, you know. So like I just kept pointing that way, and which was having to be over the damn jump spot because I was coming in perfect. It's like oh I'm nailing this, and then a little gust pushed me back. And then, <laughs> that's the problem with the round is you don't have that forward drive like you do on the Ram Air that yeah. they're jumping now. So sure, no, not as much of a problem when you're on the Ram Air. You can just kind of fight through it. Sure. Yeah, it makes it, it sounds like way more control, way more drive. Yeah, with yeah. the Ram Air, totally, man. It, yeah, I think they're a little better performance, you know, and a little bit more unused to, to pilot. Yeah, it's true. Probably, I'm sure that comes with. Uh, that's a double-edged sword, like anything else. You know, it it handles better, but a Ferrari also gets you in a hell of a wreck if you're not careful. Yeah, that's you exactly know? the the terminology I, I was told when I first got into it was you know, like the rounds like your old reliable truck you know <laughs> like yeah. not gonna be issues it always opens up yeah you know, you're not gonna really get in a bad wreck if you do wreck but the yeah. ferrari you know like you mess up and it's user error especially hauling ass yeah. which is easy happens easily yeah. with, the, with that system yeah makes sense but yeah. the more time you get on it the, the more things you can do you know like my buddy mikey p who um he was like out of the jump spot like it was a big hole in the timber and he could see the story from the guys in the jump spot and my other buddy Sam Cox was telling me a story <laughs> and uh, I can't remember who was telling me a story but Sam Cox comes back with the story but um, the jump spot got kegged up and he was the last guy in the stick which is like the, mo- the usually two person two people go out the door called the stick sometimes you got four man stick where it's four people I maybe mean, it was a three man stick I'm not sure but either way he got kind of boxed out of the spot because that's the problem of being the last guy out is you got to wait for the guys in front of you to go in. Otherwise, you know, you're going to run into each other and you have a real bad, bad time, yeah. you know, yeah. mid-air collision, which is real bad. Yeah. So he's waiting and then it looks like he's not going to make it. So usually it's like, well, I don't have to fail altitude. So, I'm gonna, you know, you, 
you're always like plan your your plan B, you know. And so like, and, and I hate to be telling his story, but the the way I got told it was pretty funny that he, he disappears under the timberline, and then uh, all of a sudden out of nowhere he pops up over the timberline and comes into the spot. <laughs> and like I heard the story while I was on a fire. I was on a fire in Idaho, and they're like telling me like this, you know, yeah, this story about this incredible jump that Mikey P did, and I'm like. <laughs> Man, I mean, like, I know he's good. You know, he's an athlete too. Like, man, like, but how do you get that parachute to do that? So, like, I'm talking to a few folks, and Sam Cox is there too. And I'm like, what, what happened? And, and like, Sam was kind of more in passing. He's kind of leans in the conversation. He's like, magic. I was there. Magic. <laughs> yeah. And just kept cruising. I'm like, I can't argue with that, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's probably what it was. And yeah. Sam's like this it's really even keel guy. Yeah, you know, like, true he, magic. Yeah. So like, I was there, man. It's the only way to explain it. <laughs> I was like, damn. But somehow he he uh, ripped a pretty good right-hand toggle turn, I think is what it was, which is like pulling your right hand all the way down mm-hmm. and got enough speed to to gain enough like speed, I guess, to get some elevation, get enough air underneath the, the wing and drive it up. Slingshot. Which it's not designed to do that. No. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not a – yeah, I mean, it's a wing. It's but. a wing, but, yeah, it's it's more designed to get you to earth, not to get – you know, up in air, you know, so elevation, yeah. not elevation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, man. So I hoping I have him on it someday to, he's got great stories, man. He's, he's been jumping a long time and I want to get him on to pick his brain, especially about that jump. Oh yeah. You got to, there needs to be a specific episode about the magic jump. Yeah. The magic jump has a good way to call it, but yeah, man. And, and just, yeah. So it's like more, more of that kind of tribe stuff, just like the jumper community and the fun stories and, any, anyone who's like interested in, in being in the outdoors and getting into a, a real cool group group of folks, man, like um, Wildland Fire and any any kind of outdoor agencies is a good thing to get into, especially if you're passionate about like whether it be fish or you know birds or you know wildlife biology, where you get to kind of deal with all the, the wildlife, you know, and, and get to do some cool things. Yeah, just being outside is uh, sometimes sometimes all the therapy you need. You know, just be outside, just be quiet in nature sometimes, just listen to what's happening around you, you know, uh, like the people did before us, you know, some people, that's our greatest church out there, you know, we're talking yeah. about Christmas time right now, and sometimes that's, um, it doesn't matter, you know, whatever faith you have, you can be out and be closer, you know, for me personally, that's my chance to be closer to God, you know, and this time of year, you know, really the light for me is, you know, this was, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, and that's, you know, that's Christmas to me. That's where, what Linus is saying in that movie. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's our spiritual faith. You know, the beauty is this time of year encompasses all these faiths together. That's the beauty, too. Everybody can celebrate their faith. I think we need that more in the world than ever is that coming together of love and yeah, understanding love. for everybody's faith. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Christmas is love. This time of year is love. That's what it should be all about. You know, yeah. we're talking about everybody's faith, you know? And so for me personally, yeah, it's, it's Jesus is the light. And that's the beautiful analogy that the people way before, yeah, they think Jesus was born in, in the springtime, the historians and the, you know, the people that have gone way back, but there was a lot of wisdom to the people that were kind of the religious leaders at the time saying, you know, we need a bit of light during this darkness. And, you know, of course they were, they were helping the Druids kind of make their way over the Celts and the pagans and those ever the face. Yeah. They were smart about it. But at the same time, there's a lot of wisdom there. There's a lot of enlightenment there. Like bring light forward when the light is fading, you know, um, Bring, fact, your, bring your family and loved ones in closer. Yeah, you know, bring the light together. And the light, yep. if you really want to think about it, w- with the 
the your internal journey when you're knowing thyself that's the i think one of the main points obviously of, of the spiritual journey is knowing thyself that's where the inner light exists so you look inside that light and the light is do you figure that out you just said it the light is among all the people around you your family the ones who've come before you they're, yeah. and they're sharing the light like we're we've got our kids now so the mindset changes entirely like now the next generation for you me our youngest brother we all have the next generation coming along and man th like the holidays change it's pure magic right now yeah, like is, man. my kiddos are so excited about it my wife and i get way more enjoyment out of this time of year now and and then i'm also required to think about man what were my traditions what did mm -hmm. we do you know what were some of the goofy things but I thought they were goofy as I got older, but man, those are actually super cool. Like yeah. we're still burning letters and sending them up to Santa out of the chimney. The yeah. boys think it's the coolest thing ever. Oh yeah, you know. So, you know, the, I think that's the beauty. It's it's nice too. Every every season, every year, the older I get, time goes faster. I start to lose track at what does this actually mean. And then all you got to do is watch the Peanuts one time. Watch, you know, it's a wonderful life. Oh, it's more, like another hits me beautiful classic. Real hard every. It's, oh, <laughs> I told Dad, I'm like, that movie hits me harder every year that I'm alive. Oh, <laughs> every yeah, year, man. it's like I, I had tears in my eyes last year, and I'm like, what? Whoa, I'm getting hit really hard. I know this story. I've watched it a million times. Yeah, but you just start to realize, poor George had everything taken away from him at all times yeah. until he was at the end of his rope and he didn't even realize what he had. Yeah, every time he get a little bit ahead, some you know, knocked the feet out of him. Every time he was getting ready to step on the train, get on the boat, get on the plane, he was just going to go live that dream. But here again, maybe the deeper message is that was maybe a selfish dream. He was going to go on his own time, go play. And I, want, I, I still want George to do that. I, I'm still hoping he's doing that right yeah. now. I hope he... With the, you know, he got his life back on track. The building alone, you know, Harry's taking it over right now, and George is out traveling. Yeah, he's, exactly. He's man. doing his the thing. Monster suitcase. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that he can use like a boat. Yeah. But, you know, that I think that's uh, maybe the deeper message is he was looking to do that, but he was changing his whole community by being there, his whole community. And caring about something bigger than himself. Yeah, and they all came back around. And, you know, the evil. Obviously, the evil entity there, Potter, Potter yeah. is trying to gobble everything up, and he's standing in his way. You know, so there's many analogies in that movie: David and Goliath, good, bad. Yeah. You know, all that. Like, and the way he rallies people around him is he, Potter wants everything. He also wants everything that you have and that we have too, and we're the only thing standing in his way. And I, I love, I love the scene when the engineer comes in and is showing him all the plans of what used to be a. Uh, just a dead field with a cemetery next to it. And he said, I used to hunt rabbits out there myself as a kid, but now look at all these perfect little homes and your Potter's field is just becoming that Mr. Potter, a field and everybody's moving in. And these geniuses have homes that are worth twice what they have into them. So they're building this amazing, really this uh, amazing community, this amazing wealth. And he says, well, Mr. Potter, no skin off of my back, but this, this engineer might be working for the Bailey's here pretty soon yeah yeah totally and and uh you get to see the difference right of like when you bring everybody up with you like you kind of mentioned earlier you know like doing it together you get to see the difference in um the community because you get to see like how it was when when george bailey was you know out there helping the people and then when there's no george bailey exists then potter takes over and it's just like everyone's miserable yeah you know everybody 
chaos, misery. Yep. All his all his friends are doing bad, you know, like Yeah. Uh, not married anymore. Yeah. Don't have kids. Whatever. And the pharmacist is, you know, wrecked because he poisoned that. Yeah, he's just an old drunk. Yeah, he's person. Just, yeah. Yeah, his life is destroyed. Martini's gone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a what a great movie. Yeah, if I haven't watched it. You watch it. Yeah, check out. Yeah, yeah check it out. Yeah, t- yeah tonight. Yeah, because this will be. I'm gonna try to get this out tomorrow morning or or you know, maybe late this evening. So this will be the one of the quicker turnarounds. But yeah, that's. A, I guess yeah, maybe we'll hit hit that real quick. So like, it's a Wonderful Life, the original Miracle on 34th Street. Yeah. Uh, White Christmas, Holiday Inn, and. I guess Holiday Inn's not really as much of Christmas, so maybe we'll scratch that one off the list. Yeah, so, White Christmas is definitely better. Yeah, White Christmas. Um, I'm trying to think what all Pe- you know, the Peanuts, the Charlie Brown Christmas, the Grinch, of course. And uh, I'm trying to think what else. What are Christmas like, Vacation. Christmas Vacation is solid. There's a lot of morals in that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the what? You know, wife hates that movie. And I love it. The never-ending Christmas spirit and never give up. You know, like it's that's the moral of that story. Yeah, that guy never-ending Christmas spirit. Yeah, man. He's eternal Christmas spirit. Yeah, it's so good. Love like, it. Yeah, <laughs> pure positivity at all times. Yeah. Never, qu- never quits. Yeah, well, not at all times. He but he stubs his toe a few times, but he comes back around. Yeah, yeah. He goes bananas per quick sec, but I mean, he was he he's taking a lot on. But man, yeah, just like. No matter what was happening, he's taking everybody in, you know, like yeah. the whole family's there. And yeah. Won't let him leave at one point. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> they have invaded his home yeah. with everything. Cousin Eddie's out there. Yeah. Putting sewer juice into his. The best guy. <laughs> into his drain. That's the best guy. I've known a few yeah. people to meet their relatives at the airport dressed up like Cousin Eddie's cigar and everything. Oh, that's so good. I, that's where I wish I had like in-laws from way out of town because I would 100% do that. Yeah. Well, my old 65 pickup. I'd like just roll up there with that old, you know, old fire engine pickup, yeah, with a cigar and a rabbit hat and a my wife's house coat on. Oh, it'd be perfect! It'd be perfect. <laughs> oh yeah, it'd be awesome. Some slippers. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so that that one's definitely in there. Um, man, I'm trying to think what another staple of the old Christmas. Man, oh, uh, Christmas story. That one's just kind of always on, but yeah, that one's a great one too. Yeah, I told that one's worth. Absolutely watching. Yeah. I think that's about all I got. You got yeah. anything? I missed anything? No, that's it. The boys, uh, the new ones, like Prep and Landing. That's yeah, actually, landing. Those are great. Those actually. are great. Yeah. I really like those a lot. Um, yeah, I think that's about it, you know. Tim Allen did a good job of Santa Claus. I was going to say, yeah, the Santa Claus ones yeah. are all right. Yeah, they're all, you know, they're good. Yeah. I'll watch them. A little bit lower down the list, but yeah. Yeah. Those are the, those are in the that's in the the JV squad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, it's a wonderful life, like you said. Though. It's getting harder to watch. Yeah. <laughs> But that's also kind of like similar with the story of the Charlie Brown Christmas where, you know, it's just like building and building and building and finally like, you know, can't take it. It's like, man, that's not what the holiday's supposed to be about, man. Yeah, he's overwhelmed until Linus says, hey, you know, can anybody tell me what what the meaning of Christmas is? And Linus chill as ever. I yeah. can tell you. Yeah. Lights, please. Lights, please, yeah. Yeah, it's the best part. Yeah, totally. And, and then, you know, Clarence has to... <laughs> Give old George a hard reboot, but yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's a great part though. There, yeah, no, that's those are, and that's the the morals. I think that's the beauty. I think that's why those stories, those movies are timeless because it it brings you right back into no matter what, you're going to be in, inundated with the commercial world. It it is what it is, and you want to get 
that's part of it. You want to get nice things for people. You want to do good things. Yeah. You want to have a heartfelt gift for someone, you know, and that that's hard to do sometimes too. You really something from your heart that means something that they can use. I'm a, I'm a utilitarian. I like, I want, what can somebody use? Yeah, same. What's a purpose to something? And so when you watch, when you sit down, actually take the time, build a fire in the fireplace, sit down, relax, take a breath and watch the movie you realize, whoa, okay, it just it kind of recenters you again, you know. That's the thing. Same yeah. thing for having a pipe. My man Steve Harvey, love you, dude. Um, he talks about <laughs> somebody asked him why he sm- smokes cigars, and he's in his trailer. And that dude, if you know anything about him, he's the hardest working dude probably that's out there. Yeah, Steve Harvey from Family Feud, and yeah, and uh, well, it was like the comic. Oh man, he was in the big comic movie with uh, Cedric the Entertainer. And oh yeah, yeah, that's right. God, yeah, camera. that was a great one. Yeah, Steve. Kings of Comedy. That's right, the Kings of Comedy. That's right. Excellent. But he's just, the dude is a genius, hardworking guy. Yeah, pipe cigars, they're probably not, uh, they're not health staples for you. They're definitely less harmful. You're not inhaling this. It doesn't have all the fillers, all the nastiness. But they they roll up on Steve's great video of him. And he's like, why do I do this? And he, he takes a puff and he's like, yoga. Takes another puff. He breathes in, breathes out. That's his meditation. And everything I've ever read about, like cigars, pipes, or anything like that, for people that want to just take a break, you know, adults that are in this grind where you're just, oh, your mind is going a million miles an hour. There's that one hour span with a pipe or a cigar where you can just sit down and just meditate, put your phone away put the world away just meditate a little bit get your blood pressure down they actually say when you have a pipe or a cigar your blood pressure comes down because yeah. you're chilling out you're meditating you're in a breathing exercise there's some pipe smokers <laughs> some really cool guys there's a, a guy named alan out there hope you're still out there man i think he's in uh new zealand great accent and he's like he demonstrates pipe smoking with what he calls bipassana which is like a a yoga breathing which is uh it's awesome <laughs> into his pipe you know and yeah. he, he has a great video of it. it's awesome so i think you know and the brotherhood of the leaf right uh all the way back to native times sharing the pipe in a council brought everybody together again and you were forced to like if you didn't want to be there like a kid that's pouting or whatever or an adult that nah, i don't want to go there you were forced to have to come into the council and reconcile some differences put together your ideas maybe realize oh, my idea isn't exactly as different as that other guy and then just maybe sit and be quiet for a little bit especially in native councils you there wasn't a lot of talk you sat there you smoked you passed the pipe sometimes you had your own pipe there's just a lot of people with their own personal daily pipe wasn't a ceremonial thing you sat and kind of were quiet for a little while you listened to your elders you chimed in if you were called upon you know you didn't there wasn't just a bunch of blabbing going on so yeah i think there's you know it's beautiful this time of year i think you're you're dead on to sit down have a pipe with you here at this time of year really centers me back into it's like man this is what it's all about you live you're living one time i hate to use the yolo thing but it's true you get to live one time you should be soak in the beautiful parts of our world yeah yeah totally man and and uh you know like you said doing something like this reminds me of just like taking that pause for a minute and like remembering like the 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 reason between the the reason behind the holiday you know not just uh, you know the gifts and stuff, which like you said though, there's you know there's a place for it because like you know giving your kids something or yeah you know somebody who needs especially someone who needs something you know like yeah that's that feels great to do that yeah you know like 
with uh, our grandma when she's still alive. Like most of the time, it's just getting her, you know, new clothes or, you know, sweater, yeah, shoes, whatever, you know, like that she needed. And, you know, like really, she really appreciated it. Yeah. Know? Well, I told the people at work, our granny, from the time that we were alive, she lived to be 102. She gave to gave us socks and underwear <laughs> yep. every Christmas, yeah, and I'm on. telling you what, right now I miss that because I got a bunch of holes in my underwear and I got mismatched socks everywhere. Yeah. And Granny always gave us socks and underwear. Now I miss it because I don't have it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. And I needed it. I legitimately needed it. So. Yeah, yeah, it was a good timing thing, you know. Like you're like either growing or blowing out, and you're you're old everything. So yeah. it's nice to have all you know new run of everything. And then you usually get pajamas and you know stuff like that where you. Or sweats or something, you know, so like get to re-up on that kind of stuff that you don't really think about all the time. You know, I got some blown out sweats, dude. You know, I've had since college, so warm-ups for track. Mm -hmm. But yeah, shoot, man, well, that's probably a good thing to end her there, you know, and just uh, hope everyone has a great holiday. Uh, you know, spread the love, spread the cheer, you know, love conquers all, you know. Yeah, Merry Christmas to everyone. Happy holidays to everybody. I hope you're enjoying the season. Let there be light. Yeah, yeah, and New Year's right on the corner, so, you know, start, you know, off a chance to start over new, you know, new year, new you, all that good stuff that's, you know, kind of commercialized itself, but also, like, something to it, you know. There's a lot to it. The sun, the sun is brand new. The poles are switching again. It's a brand new season. It's yeah. brand new. The, the, the people that farmed back in the old days, they're already thinking about farming, so it's, it's time to pl plant the new crops in your soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start off new. It's you know you're never too old. You know it's like a message I keep hearing from older successful folks is sometimes they didn't get that success until they're in their fifties. That's right. You know, or later. Yeah, so it's like right. you're never too old to do something new, try something new. So yeah, we're we're gonna talk about it in a different podcast, but yeah, we'll do another one. The development never ends. There is no you made it. The journey never ends. There's no destination. Just remember that. That's one of the the best things I can say. No beach. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Merry Christmas and a uh, Happy New Year.